Hello and welcome back. Uh, we're going to continue reading, um, starting at chapter 10. Um, get ready. <clears throat> and just for a recap, uh, in the last chapter, Eliv, the horrible queen, um, arrived at the scene. So now it's like really tense. Okay, chapter 10. Gavrin's heart rate jumped and he could feel himself getting tense. Ah, see there? I See what I did there? Take this, Gavrin, Asu ordered, handing him a dagger she supplied from her satchel. All right, he spoke, admiring the blade. Words from a hair-raising voice caught his attention. Down the path in the forest stood a tall woman with coal-black and purple hair. Ooh, do you remember who else had purple hair? Okay, sorry, I'm spoiling it. Okay, so why would I... So, why would I find you on such a random island as this? She had a devilishly sarcastic tone in her voice that made Gavrin's skin crawl. Isu turned towards the voice and kept her gaze upon the woman's hands. I will tell you now, if you stand in the way of good, you will only be trampled. You just watch me. You know nothing about how any of this will work out in the end. Her anger burned in her eyes and came out through clenched fists. She grabbed an arrow out of a hidden pocket in her dress and flung it towards Isu. Luckily, Asu was too wise to be caught off guard. With a quick flash of her wrist, she sent a blast of ice towards the arrow and knocked it to the ground. The woman seemed surprised by Asu's reflexes, but was not about to be outdone. With a defiant stop of her foot, she crippled the trees with only one burst of wind, seemingly for drama, <coughs> and flew off towards a red dragon waiting in the air. Leah sighed with relief, and Asu seemed to be calmed as well. Gavrin only stared at the broken arrow on the dirt path. Gavrin? Asu tried to get his attention. After a few more seconds, he looked up to Asu. Gavrin, Gav, she smiled. You don't have to fear, Elif. Right, he muttered. The woman with the black dress, hidden arrows, and crazy wind power shouldn't be feared. His family's sarcasm began to show. I know she seems scary. There was this trend that happened maybe around the time that I wrote this book. Honestly, before that, where like people think that sarcasm is unique to them you know, or like their family or whatever. And I think that I caught a little bit of that and was like, oh, Gavin comes from a sarcastic family. And I, I'm not saying that some families aren't more sarcastic than others, but like, you know what I mean? Like people have t-shirts that are like, my second language is sarcasm because I'm a stupid American, but <clears throat> sorry. Um, but you know, people just think that they're unique for being sarcastic, and apparently I was like, oh, Gavrin, Gavrin comes from a sarcastic family, so, okay, anyways. I know she seems scary, but she's just as, as scared of us as we might be of her, and even if she wasn't, we would have no logical reason to fear. Truth, goodness, ellipses, love, ellipses, they always prevail, but ellipses, what if we're hurt in the process, Gavrin asked. You can say that good will win out, but you can't say we won't be hurt. Leah kicked at the dirt and watched Asu for a response. Oh, good point, Gavrin. No, I'm just kidding. That's not what she said. If we are hurt in the process, we can only be glad. What use would our lives be if we didn't farther some cause? Are we only to have a constant selfish spirit? <laughs> She's like, shut up, Gavrin. This is a war. No, ellipses. Gavrin felt shamed with this last question. He didn't want to be selfish. He thought he cared about others. He knew that deep down, though, he was just as selfish as Elif or any other big, bad, evil person in his world. Asu decided to let the conversation be brought up another time. We have to find a deer or borrow one of the camp's dragons, Liam said, motioning back down the trail towards the cave. Indeed, but a deer is more than just transportation. He has our things. All the more reason for Elif to kill it or take our things from its back, 
Leah replied. A student nodded. Why would, why would she refer to the dragon as its? That's so rude. Asu nodded thoughtfully. Willow talks to the animals with Emzen. I might be able to call a deer to see to us if I sense him. That's Willow, though. I know, I know, Asu smiled. I will just try my hand at it. This is all we can do. I suppose, Leah said, sitting down on a log that was pushed off the path. Asu walked almost twenty feet away, then reached her arms out. After a moment or two, she flew out of the forest. Gavrin and Leah waited for a few minutes, looking across the way, across the wood for any sign of a suit or a deer. I'm getting nervous, Leah said. What if Elif was just watching for her, and now Asu is her prisoner? Gavrin dismissed this. He admired Asu in such a way that kept him from thinking she could ever endanger herself. Have they met before? Gavrin asked. Oh, many times. Asu talks about her a lot. She says they used to be good friends, but obviously Elif changed. Why were they friends? Elif was on the council at one point. Asu says that Derwin, who was then a pirate, met Elif and influenced her for evil. Wait, you have pirates? Gavin blurted out. How did Derwin influence her? Yes, we have pirates, Leah smiled, then turned serious again. Derwin had the idea that the man with the best idea of how government should run should run the government. You mean like monarchy? <laughs> he's like, you mean like monarchy? Like that's the worst like thing he's ever heard of. Yes, I think so. Leah explained. Later, Ella felt like she did have the better ideas. She thought she would do better alone than in the Council of Ten. So one by one, she found a way to get them out of government, whether that was making it seem like they had done evil or creating a disaster they had to return to. When she was the only one left, she declared herself queen. So that's not really monarchy, per se. That's autocracy. Um, okay, anyway. But how did she become so evil if she had been a friend of Sue's earlier? People don't become evil in an enzonic wolf's cry. So we've got a nice little fantasy reference to something that the reader doesn't know, just to like make the re reader feel stupid, I guess. They start with a proud mentality. They decide to, st to act on their own feelings, ellipses. After a while, they spiral into a host of evil actions. That is what Sue tells me. And Lissy has added a note here that says, this is very good. So thanks, Lissy. What were Ella's ideas about... What were Ella's ideas that she thought were so great? They were good ideas. Things like implementing travel systems across the land. <laughs> Public transportation. <laughs> okay, anyway. Roads and bridges. No. Okay. All right. She was a libertarian. I'm just kidding. Okay. All right. Sorry. They were good ideas, things like implementing travel systems across the lands and establishing an army, implementing organized health care. Yep, that's... Jeez. Okay. So pretty simple public health like objectives. Okay. She wasn't planning to kill innocent people and lose good friends, but she let her pride tell her that she was better than others. Classic social... No, I'm just kidding. I didn't write that. Uh, wow. When Asu told me all of this, she started to cry. And where did Derwin go in all of this? Gavin questioned. When he saw what she was doing, he came in to help her. I think he hoped to become king alongside her, but she wouldn't allow that. Now he's just her right-hand man. Plus, he leads the Ekatins, and they are basically Ella's soldiers. They wear red, paint their faces red. Oh, that's a little... <laughs> Ooh, okay. They ride red dragons, use red weapons. Very powerful. I love how... <laughs> Leah's like, they all oh, their stuff is red. And then at the end, she's like, ellipses, very powerful. She's like, in our world, red is the power color. Why red? <laughs> Gavin thinks the same way I do. 
why red? And how were people, how, <clears throat> and how were people willing to fight for her? She found people who had been hurt by the previous government. Many of the poorest people joined her. It was a way to get back at society. Oof. Okay. Wow. But what's the deal with red? <laughs> Gavin's like, you didn't answer the question. Gavin found that Leah couldn't always handle two questions at once. What? He's so judgmental. It indicates rank. The lighter the red, the more powerful the Ekaton. Derwin is the chief of them all, and he's the only one allowed to use Enzin. He rides a huge white dragon, and all his weapons are glistening white. Gavin's curiosity was satisfied with her answers. For a few minutes, they sat on the log and waited still longer for a suit to return. But, like a runaway kitten, Leah's worries came back to her, and Lysias noted, Nice simile. So, thanks, Lizzie. Oh dear, I don't think Asu is safe. Why would she be gone so long? Maybe she found a deer tied up in a tree or something, and she's having to pull him loose. Hmm, ellipses, maybe. Leah turned her head to look around the forest with an eye of nervousness. So, how did how did you meet Asu? Gavard felt that Leah wouldn't worry if she was talking, so he tried to keep the conversation going. Well, Silas, my master of enzinry, Master of Enzinry? Someone who teaches another person in Enzinry. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. Anyway, Master Silas was having trouble teaching me a few different methods, so he sent me to a Sioux. She was a great teacher, and now I live and train by her side. Does Master Silas wish he could have taught you? Eh, no. A Sioux's teaching style is different. He understands that. Plus, he has many others he trains. So, Silas, Master Silas, Leah corrected. So, Master Silas has a group, and Asu just trains people now and then. Yes, that is why Silas is a master. Asu is just a good teacher. Does Silas have a degree in Enzinry or something? A degree? Never mind, I'm just a little bit confused. <laughs> Never mind, I'm just a little bit confused. <laughs> I don't know why that would be confusing, <laughs> Leah answered. Again, they're both so rude. A rustle in the trees caught their attention, and they found it was only a squirrel. Or at least that's what Leah called it, but Gavrin thought it should be called something different because of its antlers. Leah didn't understand what Gavrin meant by a squirrel without antlers, though. Finally, Leah got off the topic. So you're from Universe, right? Yeah, that's the only reason I understand your language, Gavrin answered. <laughs> Again, he's like, so rude, so aggressive. Well, there is one more world that was settled by English settled by English as this was. I don't know if that's, um, I don't know if that's why. Okay, whatever. But that was much, much earlier than ours. Their English is a good deal different. Not really English anymore. Where in universe do you come from? I mean, there are a lot of different countries in your world. I come from the United States of America, Gavin answered, feeling a little bit silly for his formalness. That's interesting. Excuse me. That's interesting, Leah answered. Whenever I've been to Universe, I've only gone to England, but Asu... Wait, you've been to Universe? And Asu as well? Yes, yes, Leah laughed. You think you're the only one who travels through the worlds? I didn't try to travel to this place. I have no idea there were other worlds. That's weird. Asu did not tell me that. What do you do when you come to our world? Gavin's interest was piqued with this idea that people from other worlds had visited. I've only been there twice. Asu had to go there for something. Well, why? Why would she have business in another world? I do not know. I would ask her, but she could not answer. She would not answer. We would stay for a few days, you see, while the two worlds were in crossing. I would stay with a friend of hers there while, the, while she went off to do this unknown thing. How does she have friends there? Gavin felt as if all of this world was nothing like he had. All of his. Gavin felt as if all of his world was nothing like it had seemed. 
There are a few Maldrakians who have moved to universe indefinitely. Where do they live? Gavin was concerned. Indefinitely. <laughs> Pending. No, I'm just <laughs> I just don't know why I'd use that word. <sighs> Where do they live? Gavin was concerned about this. Two in England, they are who I stay with, and then one in America, Leah replied. Gavin would have likely gone on. I love how, from their perspective, the only two countries in our universe are England and America. Mm. Um, <clears throat> stay tuned for the sequel, where we talk about Australia. No. Gavin would have likely gone on for hours if it hadn't been for the Shriek of a Dragon. Again, I don't know if I spelled that right. Is Shriek spelled weird? Like S-H-R-I-E-K? Anyway. That's Adir, Leah yelled. Asu is back too. She jumped off the log and ran to the place where Adir had landed. Elif loaded him down with a bunch of rocks so he wouldn't fly away. That's terrible, Gavrin cried, patting Adir on the head. I blew him off the side of the small cliff he was on, which made all the rocks tumble out of his load. Then he was able to fly back to me. That was creative, Leah said. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought of that. Me neither, Gavrin said. Of course, I really have no experience with dragons. <laughs> so he's... So Leah's like, that's creative, I wouldn't have thought of that. And Gavin's like, me either, but at least I have the excuse that I don't deal with dragons. Anyways. Yes, well, now we can begin our flight to Zay. So that's not anything backwards, that's just Z-E. So I don't know what was going on there. I don't think a deer can hold all three of us and our things, though. So we'll need to get a ride of them? We'll need to get rid of them? I think she's saying we'll need to fly a part, part of the way ourselves, Leah answered for her. But I can't fly. Gavin started to feel defensive. No, a deer can take you, Asu chuckled, but Lee and I will, th- will have to take turns flying. Ooh. Some flying. Okay. Chapter 11. And I think this is going to be the last chapter because I have to go to bed. Um, so I'll make sure to tuck you in after. I'm just kidding. Um, all right. Chapter 11. Gavin enjoyed watching the sea creatures wander as they passed over the ocean. Presently, Leah was flying and Asu was riding a deer with Gavin. Leo was just a sight as the fish Leo was just a sight as the fish flying one way, then down to the sea, then back up to the dragon. A, a loud, bustling wind blew in their direction, and Gavrin's fingertips felt the soft, warm brush of the air. Where are we going to Zay? Gavrin cried out over the sound of the wind. You will see, Asu replied just as loud. This answer irritated Gavrin. I'm in another world with people who say they're trying to help me, and on top of that, this world is filled with people with evil people who might kill me. And, of course, there's magic I need to learn, islands I need to go to, and people I need to learn about. But I have no clue why. <clears throat> it's so funny because, it's like, nobody told him that they were going to teach him the magic. Um, and nobody told him that they wanted to help him either, really. So he's really just assuming a lot. Another thought came to him. But Sue is kind. She would at least give me some clue, some direction. Gavin waited until the wind wasn't as deafening, then spoke up. I need help. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know why I'm here, and I don't know what your plan is. I'm worried. Asu looked back at him, his face in a worried expression. He looked away and slouched the way one does, uncertain about the choice of speaking up or remaining silent. You know you can trust me, don't you? Yeah? Gavin's tone sounded more like a question and less like an answer. Well, sometimes we don't have a plan. Sometimes we don't know our purpose. Sometimes we don't know why we're here. This last sentence struck a chord with Gavrin. He didn't have any idea why he would be taken to another world. But, Asu went on, we can trust a higher being. Gavrin nodded. Asu looked down and sighed for a moment. I still can't tell you, though. I should not tie more birds to you. What? Gavrin said. 
Uh, I am sorry. It is a Maldrakian phrase. It is like giving people more things to worry about, busying a person's mind with things they need not think on. I already have so much fear. You wouldn't be able to scare me any more than I already am. Okay, Anne of Green Gables. Gavin cried, looking up at the bare sky. Sue swung one leg over the dragon and sat off the side, looking at Gavin. Her eyes had a certain glare to them, as if she could cry. You don't know half of the things at hand, Asu answered with an air of motherly sternness. You're a child. I believe that there is something grand planned for you. You will see that, for now I am striving to protect you. I will always try to protect you. There are more dangers in this world than you might have thought at first. You need to trust me. Asu looked down at her hands, clasping tightly on her knees. Gavin wanted to drop off the dragon and hide, but he could only rest his hand, his head on his hand <clears throat> and think about what she said. Her hands, or rather her nails, caught his attention for a moment. He noticed she had white designs of intricate curls and waves painted on her nails. This was a welcome distraction from her fierce words, which came back to him in a moment. It took all his energy to tell himself that she was wrong. He convinced himself that her worries were unfounded. I can handle myself. I'm not a child. I know what to fear. His inner voice remained indignant until a soft spirit somewhere in his thoughts prodded him to a better feeling. He decided in a moment that he wouldn't be proud. He wouldn't let his high and lofty view of himself last any longer. I'm sorry, he uttered. With those words, the prodding to humility won out. Asu looked back at him. Her eyebrows raised slightly. I, I was wrong. I trust you. That's still his words, by the way. All right. <clears throat> you are forgiven, child. A tear welled up in her eye and fell down her cheek off into the air. She sighed and looked in the distance. We will reach Zay soon. Hopefully Leah knows where we are. Gavin looked around for Leah but only saw sky, sea and sky as far as the horizon could reveal. What will we do if she doesn't find us? Well, I don't know yet. Leah probably just went ahead a bit. Asu's calm reply came. Gavin felt that she was the reverse of Leah's worrisome spirit. This encouraged him. Her attitude proved wise, for it only took a few minutes to see Leah again. Leah, Asu yelled, flying off the dragon. Leah looked back with a startled expression. Oh, Asu, I was hoping to see you soon. Leah flew closer to Asu. Zay is close. I already saw one of the Reta people. Good, good, Asu meant. By the way, Reta is water, spelled backwards, so that's fun. Asu motioned Leah to the dragon. Did they see you? Yes, one even offered me a ride, but I told him I told them I had to make sure you were close behind. Ah, well, this way they know we're close. They will be prepared for our visit. Asu stayed close to the dragon as she flew. So we're visiting people? Gavin asked. None of your concern, Leah mumbled. Wow. Yes, Gavin, but I do not want to tell you more than that, Asu answered. Her earlier conversation with him made him feel more at ease, so he only gave a nod and let it be. Oh, I see one too, Leah. Asu came closer to the dragon to report this. Where? Gavin and Leah both asked curiously in one voice. Asu chuckled. You'll have to move a bit to see. Down in the water in front of you, she answered. Gavin looked down and saw the figure of a man, totally below the water, riding what looked like a dolphin. He scooted to the side of the dragon to get a closer look. The dolphin creature was smaller than normal dolphins he had seen, with two fins on each side and an oddly shaped head, like one on a special kind of shark. Being that this fish and the man were below the water, he was having difficulty seeing them well. The water was clear enough, though, that he could see two seaweed-like antlers jutting out of the fish's head. With this sight, wow, that's very specific for something underwater. With this sight, the whole creature looked more like a deer to Gavrin. He began making up names for this creature, but was distracted when his right leg came undone from the dragon saddle, and all the weight of his body on the left side of the dragon pulled him to that side and off the dragon into the air. 
His sense of balance was tossed into upheaval with the sudden change. In a moment, he realized his left shoe was stuck in the saddle and was keeping him hanging there below the dragon. Gavrin, Leah yelled. She flew off the dragon and tried to help, but within seconds, his shoe came undone and he plummeted down. She was not strong enough to lift him and fly at the same time. Thankfully, a Sue was on her way. Gavrin could see her coming toward him, but he knew it wouldn't be in time. He looked down to see the water inches from his face. His whole body smacked the water, and he felt pain course through his limbs and chest. The pain subsided for a moment, though, and he could see a richly beautiful scenery of fish and coral below the water. The bubbles all around him disappeared, and utter silence overtook him. A quiet screeching around sound could be heard from a distance with a certain whale-like quality. So apparently I'm just trying to let the reader know it sounded like whales. You know what whales are, right? Okay. He suddenly remembered that he was underwater and therefore could not breathe. He looked up and pushed with all... Oh, and therefore he could not breathe. Oh, really? That's crazy. Learn to breathe underwater. Okay. He looked up and pushed with all he could to reach the surface before his body forced him to inhale the water, but he couldn't make it. He felt the sudden horror of realizing that he was now taking water into his nostrils. How will I get to the surface? Will I make it out of this water alive? His thoughts rang in his head and his eyes closed. He thought of his mom and dad, his sisters, his brother, one of his friends from school. Not a specific friend, just one of them. And then a Sue. This was the last picture before his mind went quiet and his thoughts rested. Oh, does he die? We're on page 46, so I don't know. Do you think I can do the rest of the novel without him? We'll see. Um, and on that cliffhanger, wow, what a good cliffhanger. Um, we're going to call it a night and um, make sure to get to bed. Um <clears throat> sleep tight um and then we'll do chapter chapter 12 next time okay how's that all right next time okay you can stop listening now okay that's all